0: Welcome, this is EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Good morning and welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. EIG has been making a difference in our community in the area of financial planning for well over 25 years, which we're very proud of, and we're now in our third year of this radio show, helping to make a difference in our community in the area of philanthropy by highlighting nonprofit organizations so they can get the word out about their mission, their purpose, and their passion, and how they're making an impact. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach. Do any of you remember seeing those commercials about people helping build homes and communities that experienced some kind of tragedy like a hurricane or a tornado or maybe a third world country that just needed basic housing? I always thought that would be a fun thing to be a part of. You could use your skills, even if you aren't a professional contractor, to be a part of helping build a home as well as helping build strength, stability, and self-reliance. Today we're going to share how you can be a part of something that so many take for granted every day, a safe and comfortable home. And then we're also going to share how you can be a part of helping to fill the gap for school children who don't have enough food to carry them through the weekend. My first guest today is Sarah Clark, acting CEO from Habitat for Humanity. Welcome to the show today, Sarah. Thank you so much, Jill.
2: I am honored to be here today, and I'm excited to be able to talk
1: to you about Habitat for Humanity of Waxaca County. Well, we're happy to hear all that you guys are doing over there. Um, tell us about your journey. How did you arrive at Habitat? Sure,
2: absolutely. So um, for the last couple of years, about 10 years, I had been in the marketing business. Um, my, I enjoyed my job uh, marketing for other companies in the area. My job, the company actually relocated out of state, and I saw a a posting for a Habitat um, position. I applied for it right away because I thought, a Habitat, just the name of it sounds like something you want to be a part of. Like you had said earlier, I've seen the commercials. I've heard about uh, build sites with volunteers, and how exciting would it be to be paid to work at a company where most of the people there love it so much they volunteer for free to work there. So I applied. Uh, I started in May of 2019, and it just clicked. I immediately felt like it lined with my passions and my desire to support the community here. I worked closely with my predecessor, Mike Crowley, and we just started leading towards finding families for affordable housing, advocating in the community, and my position just has grown from there.
1: Well, congratulations in your growth, in your journey there. Um, As you said, most people have heard of Habitat for Humanity, and they're familiar with the fact that the organization builds houses, right? But there's so much more to it.
2: Yes, absolutely. So our mission at Habitat for Humanity is seeking to put God's love into action. We bring people together to build homes, communities, and hope. Now, our vision here is we vision a world where everyone has a decent place to live. We are different than other organizations because we offer those who are in need of affordable housing a hand up rather than a handout. Future habitat homeowners must come alongside of us and be willing and able to put in hundreds of sweat equity hours to be able to build on their home, as well as counseling for credit to assist through this process. We directly impact our community where we are located. Other organizations may provide relief to recipients at a national level or even outside the U.S., but we benefit members right in our community of Waukesha County.
1: And that's exciting. Again, we talk about local impact. Yes, this is a, a national organization, but we are, we're curious to know about that, that community impact from a local standpoint. And what you talked about kind of reminds me of the, the old adage of just don't give a man a fish to eat, but teach him how to fish, right? So that he can uh, sustain himself moving forward. So are you affiliated with uh, the Milwaukee Habitat for Humanity or other locations? So uh, many people are surprised
2: to learn that each habitat affiliate operates separately. The way I kind of explain it is we're kind of like a franchise. We all um, have Habitat International that we get support from, but we are all activate on our own. We operate locally with our own staff that serves our own communities. And because of that, each habitat for each county operates a little bit differently and has issues that are unique to that community.
1: Well, speaking of community, uh, let's talk Waukesha County. Why is habitat so important and necessary to Waukesha County specifically?
2: I think a lot of people think that Waukesha County, you know, we we have a, a lot of good money here, um, a lot of good schools and communities. But if you look at the data from 2015, for Waukesha County, 20% of our homeowners spend more than 30% of their monthly ho- on housing costs. And the number is even higher if you're renting. It's 38%. If you are spending more than 38, 30% of your income on housing, you're cutting in other directions then. You're cutting on your healthcare, you're cutting on your education, your nutrition, and possibly even your transportation. And that can have huge long-term effects on your family generations as well as our community. You start to have the problem right here in Waukesha that people work here, but they may not be able to afford to live here. And leaving the county for other affordable options, that's not good news for anybody, not for our businesses, our schools, or our communities. The average house recently for December of 2020 in um, Waukesha County is $337,000. That puts affordable homeownership out of the reach for so many of our people.
1: Again, just to try and find affordable housing for Everyone is is the goal here, and I understand you've been doing it for quite some time, right? You know how how long has Habitat for Humanity, Waukesha County, been impacting families? So we have been
2: established here since 1989, so a little over 30 years. We have been in, or all around the county. We've been in Menominee Falls. We've been in New Berlin. We've been in Muskego. In the last seven or eight years, we have been uh, with a big presence in the city of Waukesha. We have made a significant and a very visible impact on White Rock Avenue, uh, which is kind of the gateway into the downtown area, which building up that neighborhood, we call it our neighborhood revitalization, helps the whole community. You see property values going up, you see crime rates going down. You see people in the community who have been long-term homeowners starting to care about their home, their street, and their community all over again. We have been, I think, done a really big impact for this county just in the last 30 years or so.
1: And uh, growth in our community, that's that's a hot topic. You know, I'm an, uh, an ambassador for the Waukesha County Business Alliance, and that idea of growth in our region is so important. And so I think it's important for people to understand that we want to make, make it affordable for people to live here. And if we do that, everybody benefits. So growth in our community, that's exciting. As we said, everybody benefits from that. And we're going to take a, a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk about the families and how they're impacted. And then how someone can go about becoming a potential homeowner. Stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Sarah Clark, acting CEO of Habitat for Humanity. So, Sarah, you've got some exciting plans to build in Waukesha specifically. Uh, If someone's listening, and they're raising their hand saying, I want to get in line, you know, I want to be a part of that. What's the process? You know, how do they become or how does anyone then become a potential homeowner?
2: Sure, absolutely. Let me talk about that for a minute. Um, we do keep our application period closed until we have new opportunities to match future homeowners with our future builds. We are currently closed, but we do think we will be opening up probably in the spring. What that looks like is you sign up through us. Um, you go to one of our classes just to learn about Habitat. We call it Habitat 101. We are holding them in person as well as virtual and just learn a little bit about the process. Now, Habitat requires three things to be in our um, home ownership program. They, that is the ability to pay. You must have some form of steady income. You need to have a need for affordable housing, showing us what that looks like with your income level and where you are living currently, as well as as a willingness to partner. Willingness to partner, there are tons of things we require our homeowners to do. uh, 200 sweat equity hours per adult in the household. That usually comes along with uh, restore hours. um, On the build site, we teach you about home repair as well as credit counseling. All of those things you must be willing to come alongside us and help us with, as well as allowing us to speak to somewhat of your story, uh, to get the word out there, to help other homeowners find out about us and hopefully come alongside for our next bills.
1: I think it's wonderful that you're asking the applicants to have ownership right? I mean, it just means so much more. Those of us that have kids, we we know that when someone has ownership in a project, uh, it's very rewarding. So they, they have ownership in the ownership, if you will. Uh, <laughs> we want to make sure that there are no preconceived notions or misconceptions about Habitat for Humanity or the people that you serve. So let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, some people might think that you give homes away for free or that they only go to homeless people. Uh, You kind of spoke to that uh, a little bit previously, but you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So The application process is, uh, you know,
2: similar to applying for a home mortgage. We do ask a lot of questions. We do uh, some background digging. We do background checks, sex offender checks on all of our applicants as well as um, we do require that you have a steady income. We don't give our homes away for free. Our Habitat families are required to carry on a mortgage and pay taxes just like everyone else in the community. And you need to be able to show that you have been doing that. There's many people in this community that go to work every day, are striving to pay their bills on time, but are still not going to get ahead. And that's where we come in just to give you a hand up to see where can we assist you? Is it with down payment? Is it with education? Is it with providing a home that would be a great fit for your family? I mean, that goes back to our original mission of just making sure we can build homes and communities and hope and everybody has a decent place to live. We definitely provide that for people um, and put them alongside in your community and they thrive. They really do. Each situation is a little different for the homeowners, but like I said before, they put in hundreds of hours in order to, on home construction, um, volunteer hours in the community. It, like you said earlier, it's about that ownership. Um, People take pride in something that they have had a lot of time in uh, and using their hands to actually build. And I mean, Habitat is known for having people come on the build site and swing that hammer that pride and confidence that they have in
1: their home um, is just amazing. I imagine it is. And one of these days, I, I'm going to be a part of that for sure. It sounds exciting. But let's, let's talk more about the people you serve. Can you uh, give us some idea of who some of these families are that have been impacted by your outreach?
2: Sure, absolutely. So recently, we have found homes for three families in Waukesha County. One of them was a, a married couple with adult children. Um, the other one was a married couple with young children. They saw our, our video at River Glen Christian Church, which is one of our sponsors. They, uh, We were looking for home applications. They saw the video, they applied, and we were able to get them going very quickly. I believe that family was inside their house within six months. Um, The husband working full time outside the home was able to volunteer time at the job site as well as his house and his neighbor's house on his weekends. While the wife attended our fundraisers and helped getting the word out, she spent time thanking the volunteers through our construction and our restore. She made each one of a handmade card to thank them for what it meant for her to become a homeowner in this community. She even built uh, a gingerbread house for our annual gingerbread build this year. And our most recent home um, was went to a single mother of three kids. She worked every weekend on her house, developing relationships with all of our volunteers. She was so excited to learn all about that home repair, and um, get her hands dirty. She actually said her favorite thing was out there breaking rock, which I <laughs> would not be my, my thing to volunteer to do. I can't identify with that. No, (laughs) no. Uh, she worked up until she moved in December outside working on her home. It took her two years to get through that process, building up her credit. Um, And we just kept assisting her wherever we could, and to get her into that home. And she's now talking about what it will be like to leave that um, family home to her youngest when she wants to keep it forever. She Mm -hmm. has put blood, sweat, and tears, and nails in every room in that house. I mean, it's amazing to see that
1: happen. And so fulfilling, I imagine. I mean... I think about myself, I've been a a homeowner for 30 years and there are still some things I don't even know how to do. You know, some things that somebody might think, come on, Jill, really, you don't know how to turn the water off behind the toilet? You know, if you see it overflowing, (laughs) I mean, there are just some things that you don't think about, but when you're involved from the ground up, literally, I mean, you learn about those things. It's exciting, but uh, where do you guys get the materials from and, and how do you keep the cost down then?
2: So we require a lot of donations to keep this organization going. It's individual do- donations, monthly donations, as well as government funding. We have corporate sponsorships. A lot of uh, churches will come out and sponsor us, as well as for um, donations for like gift in kind, as well as monetary. And we also do have our Restore. A lot of corporations will donate um thousands of extra equipment and supplies that they were not able to use on the job sites to us. We definitely use whatever we can on our job sites and then offer the rest um, for sale at the ReStore to uh, be able to purchase more material.
1: Okay. So you rely heavily on volunteers. So uh, if you're listening and you think you want to get involved in something like this, you can... uh, you know, reach out and we'll give that contact information in a little bit, but help us to understand what's that like, you know, what types of duties are these people assisting with? So we have lots
2: of volunteers that do lots of different things. Uh, We like to align you with where your passion is. Usually whatever it is that you like to do, we could utilize it here. Um, We have saints that come out on our build sites. Those are mostly uh, retired men and women some from the trades that uh, still like to give back and utilize the skills that they have been using for 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, We have regular volunteers that come out and want to build. We have a lot of corporations in the area that are now encouraging their employees to get out for build days. If being outside and swinging a hammer is not your thing, we definitely could utilize your help at the ReStore, customer service, uh, merchandising, helping customers shop as well as loading out into their vehicles. We have committees here where people can share their marketing ideas, our fundraising ideas. We, have, we try and plan at several events every year. We're always looking for volunteers to help us with our events. And office help and special events too. You know, We need help the day of for those things too.
1: Okay. So if somebody can't physically be there to help, they may want to, but for whatever reason, they're not able to. uh, What about helping out with resources, dollars, donating, in other words?
2: Yes, I I would never say no to either one of those things, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) So we, uh, at the Restore, uh, we need people's things. We have, um, whether you're spring cleaning or doing remodels on your home, we're always looking for furniture and building supplies and housewares, even down to books and kitchenware. If you have any of those things in your home in relatively decent condition, you can come to our restore and donate them. You can consider a small monthly donation through our online giving uh, just right here in Waukesha County to keep us building those uh, houses. As well as we have people that, you know, write us into their estates and their wills to help us out at a a later time.
1: Okay, well, those are all great ideas for those listening that may want to help in some way with your time, your talent, or your resources. So, if somebody wants to reach out, where should they go? So, our
2: website uh, is habitatwaukesha.org. We do have a contact us page on there, as well as you will see the my information, our development information, volunteer, or to the ReStore. Or you can just call our main line, which is 262-309-6025.
1: Okay. Do you happen to have like a wish list of things that you guys are looking for or particularly in need of?
2: Absolutely. So right now we are in need of furniture. Our store is looking a little low. We, during the cold winter months, people are less likely to bring up their, their new furniture and things to us. So we still need furniture, housewares, um, and any lighting or building supplies. Uh, we have you know, d- doors. If you're doing any home remodeling projects at home, we would lovely, like to take the things out of your home that you are no longer in need of.
1: Okay, all right. Well, there you have it. A lot of information. Thank you for joining us today, Sarah, Acting CEO of Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Reach out if you'd like to help Habitat for Humanity in any way. So thanks for joining us today, Sarah.
2: Thank you so much, Jill, for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you.
1: Pleasure talking with you as well. So if low-income families are challenged, like Sarah was talking about, uh, if they're challenged with a mortgage, they may have to take money out of their budget that was earmarked for other things, important things like insurance or food, so stay tuned, and when we are when we come back, we're going to talk with an organization about what they're doing to help these families out. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And my next guest today is Nancy Major, Executive Director of Blessings in a Backpack. Welcome to the show today, Nancy.
3: Thanks so much, Jill. It is such a pleasure to be here and to have this opportunity to chat with you.
1: Absolutely. Well, why don't you start by explaining what Blessings in a Backpack is, and then what drew you to serve as their first director?
3: Absolutely. Um, Blessings in a Backpack is a national organization, and what we do is fill the gap for some of those families you mentioned and that Sarah was uh, talking about that have difficulties financially um, meeting their children's needs, especially on the weekends. Um, Oftentimes, we recognize that there are children getting meals through their local schools But there is about 65 hours during the weekends where a lot of children in our local community are struggling with hunger and not enough food. And so Blessings in a Backpack was established to actually stand in the gap and really focus on school-age children who are dealing with hunger and helping families that way by actually directly giving the food. To the children.
1: Okay, so what makes it different then from a normal food pantry?
3: Well, that's a really good question. The food pantries are really centered around food that needs to be prepared. That usually comes in certain kinds of containers and is much more geared toward adult uh, adults fixings, cooking. Um, it would require um, different mechanisms to be able to utilize their food, which is great and it helps families immensely. And we do partner with food pantries locally when we receive large donations that we can't utilize. The thing that's special about Blessings in a Backpack is that the food that we provide is individually portioned for each child. So it is a child-sized portion of food that is directly edible right from its container. The containers are kid friendly. The products themselves that we use are specifically manufactured for us to be high nutrition, low sugar, high whole grains, that kind of thing, um, all focused around high nutritional value for children. One of the things that we're very familiar with, and I personally struggled with as a young child, was dealing with extreme poverty and Food that was not exactly nutritious. It's much easier to ask somebody for a candy bar when you're an eight-year-old than it is to actually explain that there's no food at your house and you're actually hungry and you may not even realize that you need an actual meal. So the food that we provide is specific for children that don't rely on, doesn't have to rely on adult supervision or or preparation of any kind.
1: Okay. Now, you said that you're a national organization, but Blessings in a Backpack is only available in Waukesha County, right?
3: Okay. So
1: when was the program established?
3: It was established as a grassroots program back in 2012. So just have passed the eight-year mark and going into our ninth year. And as a grassroots program, it was 100% volunteer driven and it started at one local school with a group of moms that decided to basically adopt, so to speak, 25 kids in that school and agreed to finance its own group um, for three years and provide food on the weekends for three solid years. This group of women were the legacy members who founded this particular chapter. And about a year ago, the two most active full-time volunteers who had really been the coordinators and the legacy members all along, my predecessors, reached out to the national organization because the program had grown from those 25 kids at one school to now feeding uh, about 2,200 children a week at 27 different schools and they just they had um done everything they could and they had reached that point where they needed to go back into retirement they had come out of retirement (laughs) to start this program and this became a full-time job so they actually did not want the program to go away and national established us uh here in waukesha county as one of its um national chapters So we are actually, much like Sarah's organization, an affiliate or a franchise-like model. We do operate individually. We have our own board. We are fully responsible for our revenue and um, all of that kind of stuff.
1: Wow. That's exciting. 27 schools around Waukesha.
3: It is really exciting, and it's continuing to grow.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So... I understand that the statistic of people living at or below the poverty line in Waukesha County is about 22%. Now, some people might be surprised at that. Some may not, but I would think that this statistic alone is enough to know that there's a need for this program.
3: Very much so. So, again, much like Habitat for Humanity, we do get um, data from Map the Gap uh, in meals, the programs um, Feeding America provides a study every year, and it does a survey of each county. And our county, they have estimated that there are 15,000 children, 17 and under, living in Waukesha County that are in extreme poverty or
1: below. And so we talked again about um, families that are trying to provide a safe home for their children. And they may have to take money that's been allocated for food uh, and other things to pay their mortgage. And so, you know, we understand that that how important this is. But just so people really get a good grasp of what it is you're doing, you guys are providing the meals. You don't know who the, the family members are, but you go in the schools and you fill the kids' backpacks with, food that is readily available, doesn't have to be fixed, so that these kids can eat over the weekend. That's basically kind of it in a nutshell. It's wonderful, wonderful program. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Nancy Major from Blessings in a Backpack, and we're going to talk about the impact, the impact on the kids, the impact on the families, and then what goals they have for the future. So stay tuned. And we'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. And I'm talking with Nancy Major, who is the Executive Director from Blessings in a Backpack. So, Nancy, let's talk impact and future goals. Uh, Do you ever hear from teachers or the families who have been impacted by this program?
3: Absolutely. We hear from uh, a great number, actually. A lot of the school social workers will reach back out to us. and In fact, one of them contacted me earlier this year to let me know that one of the families that had received the bag in the backpack for their child was just in tears and had expressed what a godsend this program was because they had run out of food. It was exactly as we had talked about earlier, that sometimes with all of the other bills and job losses and different things that impact um, a family's finances, it's very difficult to find the money to buy the kinds of food that their children need. And so it's very impactful, and it is also very impactful to the children themselves when we come into a school and they see us, and because we're there every week and we're delivering this food, even though we don't directly know each child, um, many times the children are holding up uh, pictures of smiley faces, they get very excited when they see our volunteers, they wave at us, and it's such a heartwarming feeling to know that they know someone who doesn't even know them cares about them.
1: I imagine. I mean, it must be fun to be a part of that, just to see the, uh, the impact. What about the, the growth for the future? So right now you're in 27 schools. It's a national organization. What plans do you have to, to grow your chapter?
3: In Waukesha County, as I mentioned, there are approximately 15,000 children, 17 and under, facing food insecurity in our county. And we're feeding about 2,200 of those children currently, even though it sounds like a lot and it feels like a lot, there's a lot of room to grow and there are a lot more children we want to reach. So we're growing our partnerships with different schools that are welcoming our program, and that we can reach more of those children.
1: So what about donations from people who, like, you think about when you go to the grocery store, they have those bins there. Churches have bins for people to drop food in. Do you accept people just dropping food off, or, you know, what can the community do to help support Blessings in a Backpack?
3: Sure. Um, One of the big things that is important for people to understand is the food that we provide is specially manufactured for us so that it is the individual portions. And we don't do food drives, per se, of where we're taking donations from the community for safety reasons and for the nutrition content, which is hugely important um, to our program to really emphasize So what we really need from the community members and what's wonderful to to understand about our program is that as little as $4 feeds that child, a child in a school, for the entire weekend. For a donation of $130, we're providing food for a child for the entire school year, every single weekend. So what we like to tell people is a simple monthly donation of $16 a month makes that big of a difference for a child getting food every single month. So $16, and it's a fairly simple thing to do. On our website, you can set it up as a monthly donation. You can set it up as a weekly donation or or even a one-time gift. We also utilize community volunteers. That's the way that our program operates throughout the entire country. I'm one of only 34 staff members. So we feed almost 100,000 kids every week throughout the country. And so Waukesha County only has upward mobility, upward growth. And our board of directors is very strategic in outlining schools with the highest needs and starting there.
1: So let's recap that. $4 will feed a child for the weekend. So if you're out there, have you been to Starbucks lately? I mean, my favorite drink costs like almost $7. It's crazy. So forego that Starbucks for the day and feed a child for the whole weekend. $16 provides meals for a whole month. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Again, you're not, you're not, Uh, you're feeding them, I would imagine, maybe not breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but at least you're getting them a healthy meal. Give us an idea what goes into a pack, for example.
3: Sure. So there are breakfast cereals, um, whole grain bars, the nutrition bars. Um, There are things like beef sticks and pepperoni sausages, crackers, um, different things that are very yummy for children juice boxes and little portion sizes of peaches or applesauce um, there are all kinds of things uh, probably eight or nine different items that are geared for making the meals for the weekend um so that that child spreads it out throughout the course of the weekend and um those bags as i mentioned are for four for as little as four dollars Feeds a child for the entire weekend, and a gift of sixteen dollars feeds that child for an entire month.
1: Yeah, and a weekend, and one hundred and thirty dollars for a whole year. Exactly. I did a um, a show a while back, uh, "Feed My Starving Children," which was uh, international, and the statistics are staggering. I mean, what you can do with a, a small amount of money. Uh, And how far it goes. So if you're one of those families that does a donation uh, at the end of the year, Christmas donation, for example, you might want to consider sponsoring a local child uh, for $130 for the whole year. So sometimes people are looking for local impact, right? They want to do something that makes a difference right here in their own backyard. And this is definitely something that can be done. Have you had to adjust the program due to COVID? You know, how do you get the food to children who might be learning virtually right now?
3: Yeah, we've really had to adjust um, the way that we normally would do our program. So part of it is making sure that our volunteers are safely um, getting to and from the school, from our storage area, picking up the bags for the specific school, some schools are allowing us in the entryway to fill the bins for each classroom based on the number of kids that particular classroom has that um, receive our bag. Then our bags are taken from the school, those particular teachers or teacher's assistants, while kids are busy, then those bags of food get put into their backpacks. So it's very inconspicuous. It preserves the dignity of the child as well, um, which is hugely important in our mission.
1: Okay, so if someone is looking to have their child helped, let's look at it from a different perspective, Uh, or you're a neighbor and you notice that a child is struggling with enough food, can someone call you and say, I know of a child, for example, Uh, or do your referrals come from teachers?
3: I've had parents reach out to me directly. Actually, um, a mom called me Not that long ago and was really sobbing, um, very, very desperate, looking for help for her child um, on the weekends for food because things had just gotten very dire due to COVID. And um, although her child is learning virtually, we can establish a grab and go kind of a setup with our volunteers actually being stationed outside of a school, outside of a church. Um, whatever properties will allow us to be on their facility um, during a specific time period, we establish um, setting up, you know, bins to give out the individual bags of food for people to pick up when their kids are learning virtually. Um, we try to meet the families wherever they are, wherever okay. they need us.
1: Okay. Well, speaking of reaching Uh, the families uh, share with us contact information on how the families can reach you.
3: Sure. So our website is walkershaw.blessingsinabackpack.org. So walkershaw.blessingsinabackpack.org. And our local phone number for our office is 262-399-5375. And they can reach out anytime.
1: Awesome. Nancy, thank you for joining us today, sharing your passion on how you want to serve those children that may not be getting enough food. Uh, And also Sarah Clark, acting CEO from Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Thank you for sharing why you love to serve the underserved in our community, whether that's with safe, affordable housing or by providing a basic need like food. So thank you for joining us today.
3: Thank you so much, Jill. It was really my pleasure.
1: You are welcome. We hope that your purpose and your passion continues to positively affect those that you care for for years to come. If you're interested in getting the word out on how you or your nonprofit are making an impact in our community, you can contact me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200, and we can discuss how you can be a guest on our show. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 for Milwaukee's philanthropic community on News Talk 1130 WISN. You can tune in on your radio or with the iHeartRadio app. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. Or you can now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So we hope we've given you some things to think about today with regard to how you can use your time, your talent, and or your resources to help impact a child, an individual, or a family in our community in a positive way. Our goal here is to educate our listeners about great people, great organizations that are contributing to making our community a better place in a number of ways. As always, find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great day.